1: Well welcome back as we head into hour two. I am Seth Liebsen, coming to you from the nine sixty Patriot Broadcast Studio, brought to you by the veteran owned Midas Gold Group, your trusted source for precious metals, your trusted source for political polling and other analysis heading into the election is our good friend George Kaloff. He is a managing partner at the Resolute Group and president of Data Orbital. George, welcome back and thanks for being with us, brother.
0: Always good to be on with you, Seth.
1: Thanks, man. I want to talk to you a little bit about the presidential race. I want to talk to you about some Senate races and some polling that's come out on those. Let's start locally and work outward, if that's okay with you. Some new polling uh, being sent around and issued out today showing um, candidate Carrie Lake doing a little less well than previous polls up against Ruben Gallego. I wonder what your sense of all that is.
0: Yeah, so actually, this morning, uh, three polls came out, uh, or at least a minimum of two. One right. from Emerson, a national organization. One from Noble uh, Insights, uh, an Arizona-based uh, polling firm that had the race um, just Gallego and, and Lakes, because obviously there's a question mark on if cinema right. Center Cinemas in, and right. so there's some polling there as well. But had it uh, between six percent advantage for Gallego, which was the Emerson poll, ten percent advantage for uh, Gallego. Uh, which was the Noble Insights poll. There was some back and forth with the pollster from from Lake. What that really tells me, right, with the margin of error being around 4%, that this race is either a dead heat <clears throat> or it's not at all. I have a hard time believing it's not at all. So I, I really do believe with, with sort of that, those differences, it's clear that there's a slight edge right now yeah. to Gallego, yeah. um, multiple, multiple months out, and obviously not a lot of money having been uh, having been spent. But I don't think there's a chance that it's – you know, to run away right now for Gallego, or that he's gained this much in the last couple months, because there's not enough that's materially happened. Well, so that's, that's
1: right. I mean, because she was leading a little bit, or at least dead even, and he hasn't really done anything to make much news.
0: Exactly, exactly. It's still fairly, you know, unknown. And in general, all of them in the in the polling, at least from Noble uh, Insights, that showed that the favorability ratings for for all the candidates that they tested—Gallego, Lake, Cinema—at uh, least focusing on the Senate race—they've all gotten better. Over the last number of months, that's just because not a lot of them are, are in the news. But yeah, you're right. There's not there's not like millions of dollars of TV has been no, spent. Nothing. Um, and so I would I would again take it as the race is a heat, the dead heat. Yeah. There's still obviously a big question on if cinema gets in. That definitely changes the dynamics of the race. It definitely tightens the margin for Gallego, no matter how uh, you know how you look at it. Uh, but I would say there's probably a slight advantage to him. Only again, only because. So much is left to play out. And a lot of this, as we know, uh, as a pollster, also, we know that a lot of this has to do with who we expect to show up on Election Day. And so if the electorate uh, is more Democratic and there is, is, you know, if the pollster is predicting a suppression of like the Republican vote or, or like a lack of enthusiasm, which I think is not accurate at all it will skew the results right if, and not because it's a bad poll but because it may show you know they're doing better or worse and obviously with these polls I'm not necessarily saying that that was the case but in yeah. general i think it's a it's a dead heat
1: yeah it, it looks that way to me do you have a sense uh, we kind of look at this every couple of weeks do you have any more sense today as to whether cinema is in or out i mean i would just say with each passing week less likely she's in but that's just that's just my crude observation
0: yeah she's got 5 weeks until the filing deadline. I mean, that is when the clock officially runs out. Because she cannot make a decision afterwards. Right. And she has to collect tens of thousands of signatures yeah. before that timeline yeah. to be able to make it. I just don't see, she has a lot of money. She yep. could pay for a lot of them. Yep. She has an infrastructure. I don't, I just, when we got into February, I started feeling like, okay, this is not actually happening, but she wants to keep the conversation going I would probably say, even though the betting markets, the political betting markets, don't agree with me, they still think there's a chance that she gets in. Um, <clears throat> I, I think at this point she's not going to, she's not going to run. I think it's going to be a head-to-head with Gallego
1: Yeah, that's my sense as well. Is there one scenario over another that looks better or worse for Laker Gallego, with or without Cinema in? How does Cinema entering the race play that equation out?
0: So I think the problem is, if Cinema's in the race, there's a huge. Black hole question mark because it's just not happened in a prominent race like this anywhere in the country. Yeah. The polling shows that it would slightly benefit Lake, yeah. but it's it really it's a it's a big question mark. I think yeah. in general it's obviously cleaner to not have her in, it, no matter who you are in that race, only because that X factor, that unknown factor, is removed. Yeah. And I would probably say it would be a slight advantage to to Lake that if if you are a Republican who still just feels disaffected with Republicans or you count yourself in this never Trump crowd, which we know is, you know, I don't know, 10, 15 percent of the party uh, on a good day. You, you know, in the scenario where cinema's on, you vote for cinema. In the scenario where she's not on, you really have to think twice on, do you vote for extremely progressive Gallego? Right. Right. I mean, well, to the left of even Joe Biden. Right. And that's tough to say. Right. Uh, or do you vote for someone who, OK, maybe you don't agree with on a lot of stuff, but still would hold a lot of the same values as you? I think it just makes the question tougher for you. The, the dynamic is better.
1: interesting. I you're I, I can't think of a I mean, I just can't think of of a case where there was a prominent independent with with big Republican and Democrat names as well. I just can't think of it. Um, No. The closest I come to, George, and this is, you know, maybe a historical question. um, We were all so much younger then, but there was a 1986 governor's race here where Evan Meekum won thirty nine or so percent of the vote against Democrat Carolyn Warner and an independent Bill Schultz, who was a Democrat. That might be the closest thing I know. We have yeah, to go back yeah, that know. far. I don't know. Yeah, but think about that. The right? state has changed too. Ago, I'm guessing. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Thirty four years ago, but the state is is unrecognizable. Thirty four yeah, years yeah. ago, yeah, uh, the areas where most of us live and yeah. most of the listeners live was farmland. Yeah, right. It was yeah. not even contemplated in Arizona. Yeah. Uh, so, so you're right. I mean, that is a, that's an exact comparison um or to, to a degree right that would be something but again 35 years ago yeah i was going to say in the last handful of decades there's not been a scenario like this that's played out in yeah. any state around the country yeah, yeah. and again it just it really causes a, a huge um you know a huge uh, question mark yeah. because you know it's, it's like one thing obviously you could pin gallego and biden together and you know they're from the same party but then what do you do with cinema right as an independent it right? it just makes the dynamics of the race tougher and it makes everyone have to fight two people simultaneously it just becomes more complicated yeah
1: um let me thank you for that let me let me let me ask you this i mean we can't really know for certain what any campaign's internal polling shows but um i have heard it said across a few different media platforms none of which would be supportive of republicans generally anyway that they think that the internals are showing that Lake is um, not doing as well as they had hoped. I have to tell you, I, I don't know. I mean, we don't have any insight into the internal pollings, but the truth is, again, at this point, it just seems so darn early to know much, especially when you don't even know who you're up against quite yet.
0: Exactly, exactly. I mean, the dynamics of the race is a big deal the position that the country's in is a big deal, and no one's spent money yet yeah. highlighting, yeah. Uh, not real money at least, yeah. highlighting the true progressive record that Gallego had. Look, Gallego, I mean, so let me say this, when when Senator Kelly ran, even for the first time, ran for re-election, when cinema ran, they did not, I mean, they had a progressive record, but there was a lot of things that they could try to show and paint that they've worked across the aisle and whatnot, even yeah. though it was very precarious at best to, to convey. I mean, Congressman Gallego's going to have an exceptionally difficult time, too, and he's also, frankly, has a very... How should I say? It, intense personality. I mean, there's a lot he's of. He's not a likable person. Um, yeah, I'll he say it. On Twitter. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. I mean, he cusses people out. Yeah. He, he trashes people publicly. Yeah. He hasn't yeah. done that in a while for obvious reasons since he started running. But he has a very intense uh, public persona. Yeah, and so you know that that's going to all be highlighted and that matters to Arizonans, right? That's going to invariably going to be part of the mix. Yeah. yeah, he's a big unknown versus Lake. Everyone knows her, right? Her name ID is nearly universal now. Gaego right. doesn't have that, uh, doesn't have that benefit.
1: But you know there's one thing, you tell me if I'm wrong and again I sometimes enter into the romantic of romanticism of politics here. One thing about Lake that I'm not sure is well enough known and maybe more with right-leaning independents and republicans is you know there's an image of her from the media, but then there's, you know, the policy positions that she has staked out none of which anyone can point to me are anything other than standard republican party policies that is to say there's this effort by the media to turn her into some kind of extreme right wing figure i don't know where this comes from other than just the media shifting these windows all the time on us but it's 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 a fairly sta- it's a fairly standard republican candidacy from what i can tell
0: yeah yeah i mean like look that's why they National Republican Senatorial Committee has already endorsed her, and it is the job of anyone who doesn't like Republicans now to to paint us as as crazy, whether you are or are not, which is why, by the way, the average voter has fatigue from being told that someone's crazy, no matter who the someone is, and and, and, uh, frankly, left or right, because... You know, you hear the same thing over and over. It becomes, you know, to use the phrase desensitize. It, it yeah. loses meaning. The yeah, word yeah, yeah. After a while, crazy. yeah, you start
1: you stop listening to, yeah, yeah after a yeah, while, just chicken you littles. It's just
0: noise. Yeah, yeah. You're right, you're right. So you have to be really dialed in. Look, there's there are some people that are very dialed in that harbor all kinds of intense feelings, good and bad, with, with, with Lake. But the average voter... I, I just don't think they're, they're cataloging all these things that have been done in the past are going to be said, because and, a lot of it's noise, and they want to understand a I think that's right.
1: I think that's right. Let me let me jump around a little on a few other races when we come back. You can stay for just a little bit. George, you're okay for a Let's couple of few that. segments? George Kaloff is my guest. He and I will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. George Kaloff is our guest, political consultant and pollster with the Resolute Group and Data Orbital. George, I said I wanted to kind of start with Arizona and move outward. I want to talk a little bit about California. But let me me just take the cue you were mentioning earlier about the investment of the media, the Democratic Party um, narrative to make Republicans sound look crazy. Crazy or racist, maybe. Um, President Biden last night said that he served in the past. He, uh, quote directly, I've served with... Real racists, but guess what? These guys are worse. These guys do not believe in basic democratic principles. There is obviously an attempt and effort to paint the Republican Party as racist. That's been going on for a long time. Uh, Joe Biden has been fixated on being a, uh, the Republican Party being a threat to democracy. Where does this emanate from? Honest to God, I mean, where does it? Where, where do you get the idea that? this is a party of race who is saying anything racial other than joe biden at
0: this point so that's the that's the problem right so they know and their their folks know that like look there's on the on the on the issues that are matter most right now to people in america voters it's securing the border because they don't want lawlessness on our streets. It's the economy and the ability to have us afford. Well, their track record on that is like an F minus if we're being generous. They're, yep. they're a zero. They're the kid who didn't even show up to class. Right. They, you know, an F at least connotates you maybe attempted something. They didn't even show up. <laughs> you showed right? up, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, like like the, the price of entry is showing up, and they didn't even do that. Okay. Well. On this issue, I mean, obviously, who, you know, you walk around the average person who here likes a racist, right? We know what that connotates. We of know course. the images that that invokes and in a bigot and all those things. And so, of course, why would you not uh, try to paint your opponent <clears throat> as that thing that they know the average person, you know, trying to distract from these other issues the average person hates? And yeah, they're finding someone who maybe. They affiliate. It doesn't mean we as Republicans affiliate with them, but they affiliate with the Republican or they somehow call themselves that. And they they say something that is abhorrent. Uh, you know, they say something that is completely disgusting. And then they say they paint everyone with that one random person. I don't want to give an example to kind of uh, to 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 even sort of give it uh, the, the time of day, but just in general. And then they try to paint the whole party because that is the only thing that they have going for them. Right. They can't. What are they going to Is Joe Biden campaign going to point to? you know, how awesome they have done. And they tried, dynamics and all that, and I feel like it fell flat. Why? If it didn't fall flat, they'd still be doing it. Why have they now pivoted back to just demonizing Republicans versus building themselves up? Because it didn't work. The voters were not buying what they were selling. They weren't picking up what they were putting down, whatever metaphor you want to use, because they don't have a track record of success on the issues that the average American, and in our case here, the average Arizonan cares about. So they are <clears throat> then left with you know making stuff up in, in, a, in a in a large regard, or amplifying a small small uh, maybe vocal uh, uh, example of of something that someone did that was was horrible and they may uh, you know they may call themselves a Republican and then try to paint the entire party with that one example
1: yeah, there is that, but it is ongoingly difficult to it seems to me paint a party of um well, I mean, just look at the primary, whether it's Vivek Ramaswamy or Tim Scott or Nikki Haley. I'm sure there are others I'm not thinking of. I, yeah, a party of George Kaloff and Seth Leibson. It's, th- <laughs> it's hard to think that this is a party that really is the party of racism. It, it, it's very difficult for me to grasp that, but I think it's another chicken little situation where – the word has stopped meaning anything. Yeah. I. I yeah. By the way, I think that's a horrible thing. I mean, I. you probably join me in thinking that there are a few things worse than racism in a society. I, I happen to think it's about the worst thing in a society. Um, it's terrible that they have rendered that word meaningless because it is an important yeah. word yeah. to use to call it out when it appears, I think, and now and, we just don't have that word anymore.
0: And you know, Seth, when I am... Uh when I step out of the, when we step out of a, our bubble and yeah. we just are hanging out with, with with the average person who does not do this for a living, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, the conversation that I overhear, and again, they're not saying it to me. In a lot of these scenarios, I'm not even like a party to this conversation. You know, you're at a barber shop, you're, right. you're hanging out with you, whatever. <laughs> it's the last friends, thing we want to do. <laughs> I know, I right, like, like, yeah. right I know, yeah, I like, know oh. I know. Yeah, I'm the political guy who <laughs> no. talk to me. I'm not joking. The conversations that I hear, and this isn't just I'm hanging out only in conservative areas or, or with people that you would think are from young, yeah. old, men, women, right. they are frustrated. And they are actually mocking. I'm not I'm no exaggeration. I'm not saying that they're throwing tons of love to Republicans per se. You know, mm-hmm. some of them are, some of them are not. But they are open. Just, just absolutely appalled and/or mocking and/or just mind blown by commentary that's coming from the left. It is happening in just. I'm hearing it. I never heard um, as many people, in my opinion, uh, or at least in the last decade or two, talk publicly about politics in this intensity. at least about American politics, and have this level and this sort of focus area on one party, and they just are confused to like how could you, and again, sort of connecting to your point, it is hard to convince people of this. And the thing is, they're not convincing people of this. That's the problem. Their only hope is to maximize votes from people that like, that's it, there's there's 30% of almost any state, give or take, who's, who's not just bought into the message, they are through and through progressive. That's what they believe. That's what the world view. But for fighting about the remaining 20 to 25 percent of people in the middle, it's, they're hard pressed to convince people of this. And the more they, in my opinion, they escalate the rhetoric yeah. uh, on Republicans. Uh, and frankly, if Republicans started doing this to Democrats, I think you lose people because I just, again, when words start to lose meaning, then too. they become meaningless words. I and that's think what they that's are doing. Right. very important things.
1: I think that's right. And I've still, again, maybe it's the romantic in me, I've still long held the thought that fear-based decision-making is usually poor decision-making, and that seems to be what the Democrats want to run on, fear. I mean, they have turned the campaign not against true threats, um, and I thought they were. I mean, I thought they might run against Putin. It looked like that two years ago. I thought they might run against outside threats. They certainly have enough to run on. Uh, there certainly are enough of them, China, Iran, you name it, uh, they're running a campaign against fellow Americans, um, that the fear and the threat is from fellow Americans. I can't get past the fact that it's, it's. people can say it's a small thing. I don't think it's a small thing. I think it's truly in the mindset of the leadership of the Democratic Party. Joe Biden was referring to Hamas as our opponents the other day, but when he talks about Republicans, they're extremists. Um, I I think that ideology dominates the Democratic Party. They have set about... A campaign of paranoia and fear about fellow Americans. That's what it seems like to me.
0: Yeah. And what Americans want Americans want to be told the truth. Americans want to grapple with tough issues. We're not afraid as a country, as a people, we're not afraid about talking about tough things. We're not afraid about disagreement. But we do want a vision and a hope for the future. We do not want to be uh, talked about just in fear terms. We don't want to, we're not going to just buy whatever someone's selling just because someone in a position of power says it. And I think they're losing sight of that. And we have to, both parties have to. Anyone in leadership has to begin casting a vision for the future and no. let that no. vision that wins dominate and let us move towards the future because people that anyone and anytime I talk in front of any group anywhere in this state, that is, that's where I end. And that's the thing that we spend the most time talking about. People are afraid, people are angry, and it's they want to know that it's going to be okay and that there's a future for this country that looks anywhere similar, and even remotely so, to the past that, that a lot of people hold in high regard, in all candidness. And they don't want that to go away.
1: Let me, um, let me talk about that vision of the future. I also want to talk about the California Senate race just a little bit, too, if I can, with you on the polling that came out regarding that when we come right back. George Kaloff is my guest. He of the Resolute Group and Data Orbital, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Uh, George Kaloff is my guest. He is uh, the managing director at the Resolute Group and uh, president of Data Orbital Consulting and Polling. George, uh, this vision of the future, um, it's probably fair to say that, and I haven't listened as intently as I probably should be, it's probably fair to say that we're not getting a tremendous vision uh, of policy prescriptions for the future from Donald Trump at the rallies right now. But the notion of making America a great again does kind of summon something because most people have a memory. Well, let me put it this way. <laughs> I've always thought, you know, maybe Sarah Huckabee Sanders should be on the shortlist. She she kind of crystallized this phrase that this is now a choice between normal and crazy. And I do get the sense that people see a lot of crazy going on. And maybe the vision for the future is just restoration of normalcy um it's probably not enough but it's certainly in contrast to anything you hear joe biden say i listen to him a lot more than donald trump for whatever reason maybe because that's what the media is feeding me um but there is no vision of the future from Don, from joe biden right now none zero
0: no no and there's no vision for from frankly the 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 entire party and I will say, I think you're right. I think the first step is normalcy. But I know that as human beings, as Americans, we're not going to just settle for normal. Right. We right? need so a little normal, more than the that. average. Sure. Normal is just, sure. you know, not tumultuousness. Right. But we are so tumultuous now. We'll, we'll take it as a first step. Right. What we want <laughs> to settle for. Is the vision for the future? What we want to settle for, frankly, is why my parents came to the United States of America. Why I am even able to call this great country uh, my home and my country is because my parents gave up everything and left Lebanon to come here, right. and they were they were they did that why they did that because of the vision that America provided the world. Uh, in the 70s and 80s to then lead up to the decision that my parents made in the 90s to uproot the family and to come here. And it has more than panned down. If you ask my parents and and frankly, any single immigrant that came here from anywhere, uh, especially legally, they would say they did what they did because of the vision for America.
1: Right.
0: We know the vision for America, those right. that were not born here. We know the vision for America. And that's the feeling, that's the policies, that's the vision that we want our leaders to be talking about again, because that's what makes America... Amazing. I think that's people know them, this. I, I think
1: in their bones they kind of know this, that there's something that's been lost. I think they do know this. Um, certainly, I mean, I'm just thinking I haven't thought about that in these terms in a long time until you just raised them, that the immigrant story, the immigrant that has done well in this country. Um, you and I know a bunch of them in the Republican Party. we were both uh, working hard uh, on on. Doctor Zudi Jasser's uh, behalf, for example, he has a similar story from a similar part of the world. I think my family's story from Lithuania. Um, whatever middle class attributes I have, I'm living better in this country as a result of my pa- great grandparents moving here. Grandparents moving here from, moving here from Lithuania <laughs> than if they were to succeed to the kingdom of Lithuania or whatever it is there. Right? There is that sense that that's gone. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. There is that. I think there is a sense. Maybe it only matters to people over 50. I don't know. But there is the sense that that's missing.
0: I, I think it matters to everyone. I just think if you're if you're young and you don't remember those or if you've been told that that was a that was either fake or that wasn't or who knows some of the some folks may not even know that that was the vision for America at a certain time or right. that it was linked to racism or that it was only available to certain people. Right. Obviously, my retort to that is. My family came from nothing. My yeah. father was the first in the family to go to college. He right. grew up, you know, he grew up in abject poverty. We were lower class to, to be generous as, yeah. a, as a kid, and, and yeah. I've, I've been very blessed because of this nation. Yeah. My peers in Lebanon who stayed, who were not able to leave, are faring. I don't know, you know, this less kind of sounds well,
1: yeah, less hundreds swell.
0: and hundreds yeah. percent worse yeah. Than, yeah. Than, yes. than I am. Yes, and so I think it matters to them. They just don't know that that's what they're looking for. Well, they're, they're looking for okay. this other thing. That seems new, but it's actually not new. It's, it's, it's what America has always been, and it still continues to be in the hearts of so many Americans and in the minds of so many Americans. We just now need to bring it to the forefront. It needs well, to that's right. The, the DNA
1: still matters, doesn't it? The DNA still does matter. And um, those that tap into that rather than this, I think, artificial construct that the Democrats are creating. Let me take this quick break. I, can I keep you one more segment? You got time for one more? Because I do uh, Thank you. I want to talk a little bit about this interesting dynamic in California. If I'm reading the polls right, uh, Steve Garvey, the former Dodger and now uh, Republican uh, candidate for Senate there, he's now moved into second place, which I think is an incredible story considering the big-name Democrats that are also in this race, and the weirdness that is California and the way that they allow all these people to run. Uh, George Kaloff is my guest. He and I will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, coming to you from the 960 Patriot Broadcast Studio, brought to you by the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group, your trusted source for precious metals. George Kaloff of the Resolute Group and Data Orbital is my guess new poll out? If I read it right, out of California in that Senate race, reminding people uh, that Adam Schiff is campaigning for the Senate and um, Steve Garvey uh, running as a Republican has uh, leaped into us a, a pretty interesting seems to me pretty interesting second place uh 28 to 26 with some other big democrats named big named democrats in that race like barbara lee and katie porter who was kind of the darling of the bill maher crowd that's interesting to me george that's maybe too soon to be too indicative of anything but it's interesting to me
0: no it, it is it is and look california has a I mean, California's California and with their open primary or jungle primary where everyone from both parties, any party, I should say, not both, any party runs on the same ballot, uh, it is often top two Democrats. Right. And it's just Democrats fighting against each other in right. the primary and in the general. Uh, right. They're running for
1: Diane Feinstein's seat. She did not have exactly. a Republican opponent last time. That's right. Exactly. Right.
0: Exactly. Right. Um, so you know, so so it you know, it absolutely is interesting that he is there. Now there's some interesting commentary that's coming out and some people are saying this is why I don't know if this says the full picture, because obviously California, is, as tilted left as it is, still has a lot of people and still has uh, you you know know in the, in the you know, a decent percentage of registered Republicans. And if they all banded together, absolutely could get them into second place. But it's because there's some games, I should say, being played by Republicans, uh, Democrats yeah. that are lifting up the um, shift so uh, well, not wanting to battle Katie Porter, right. uh, apparently running ads that is that are benefiting Garvey and uh, Katie Porter <laughs> uh, running ads that are benefiting another Republican uh, to try to uh, bleed votes away from Garvey. So there's a little bit of that that is, you know, playing out. Uh, but again, I think in general, voters do want options. And obviously, if you have two Democrats running in the general, even if you had a place where you had two Republicans that would not really give, you know, really substantial differences or different options for folks. And so. You know, I think in general, um, you know, it, it probably makes a ton of sense to me that that it would be Democrat and Republican. And obviously in the general, you know, the Republican very much so has an uphill battle. Uh, to be yeah, Very,
1: very much so. But do I understand it rightly that. Porter and Lee, let us say, if they're financed well enough, they can continue onward past. I mean, there, there's there's no real primary here for the Democrats, right?
0: Uh, uh, well, the way that they run is everyone's together is yeah. on the primary ballot. I'm, I'm uh, forgetting uh, the. Ah, uh, yes, exact you're right. Things. Then you're the right. top two yeah. continues to the general. Okay. Uh, which is why they're jockeying. Because if uh, okay. they don't make it to the top two, they could end with buckets of money, but it would, you know, you're it, it right. doesn't. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah. No, you're right. Okay, so it could end up theoretically being. Schiff versus Garvey after the primary because they're the top two. And then anyone else who was supporting Porter and Lee as Democrats would likely vote for Adam Schiff. They certainly. Exactly. okay, Okay. exactly, okay. Yeah, that's why
0: that's why sort of the jungle primary sort of does the way, you know, is the way that it is for that reason there. There is technically a primary to narrow the field. okay, you're right.
1: Right, right. right. It's hard to keep all this stuff straight. I guess there's some efforts to kind of mess around with our voting system to make that something like that here too happen isn't there there's a couple different uh programs going that route you know
0: yes yeah ranked choice voting and open primaries which obviously could be an entire hour just to unpack those and and the problems that those would cause uh to our state but yeah my my own
1: sense is they are solutions looking for problems i don't know that they solve anything it seems to me they create a lot of chaos frankly
0: they do, they do, because frankly, you end up with scenarios like in, you yeah. know, like in California yeah. or other places, yeah. and frankly, even Louisiana, that has an right. open primary, you often have two Republicans. I'm not sure how that gives people more. You know, what they're saying is it gives people more options and it it, it helps people in the middle and. I, I mean, that's I just that's not the way yeah. the founders created our political party system. No, no, it's
1: awfully odd that people uh, it's, <laughs> it's it's not as if we have a great handle on what we've got going right now <laughs> totally put an upheaval to it with a whole new system that we have to explain not only to the general voter, but to people like myself, I suppose, who. Pay fairly close attention to these things, and still got it a little bit wrong, as I just did with you a few moments ago. As it pertains to California, couple minutes left, George. What else are you looking at? What else is interesting to you? Is the abortion polling interesting to you? What's interesting to you that we're not talking about? I mean, you
0: know, I think I think one of the uh, I think one of the most interesting things is is tracking how DC is trying slash not trying, right, in quotes, uh, to function uh, with the majorities that we have in the House, with the majority that they have in the Senate, with the tumultuousness there, with the fighting around foreign policy. I think it's going to be very interesting. And there's lots of commentary going into because of the foreign policy issue, particularly Israel and Hamas, that Joe Biden is worried going into Michigan, which has by far the largest percentage uh, of the electorate that is uh, yep. that is Muslim. Yep. Uh, and is that, is that a big out. issue?
1: I, I've read a lot about it. Is it a big? Is it a real issue for the
0: Democrats? You think? I mean, they are they are trying. There are people and activists on the ground that are very prominent that are waging a none campaign and to to try to bring his percentage down enough so that he feels the pain, quote unquote, even if he wins, and again, there's not a real challenge there, and he'll win the delegates, but to send a signal that they can mobilize a lot of votes, that's a big deal. But even the Russia Ukraine, I mean there's a lot that's unfolding nationally, but the problem is there's almost so much unfolding all the time. Yeah. It is just becoming a blur for the average person. So unless you are really dialed in and even for someone like myself and you, we're not gonna catch everything and we're intentionally seeking it out, let alone the average person who's just seeking to live life and to take care of their family, and to go to their jobs, they're going to be missing most of these things. Uh, and, and that's a problem, though, because there's a lot of important stuff. There's that a lot.
1: I got it. I unfolding. want to validate, though, what you just said, um, and make the average voter feel better, too. I was talking to a friend of mine this morning um, who was asking me about a big piece of legislation going through D.C. right now. And I said, I just, I, you know, I know of it, but I haven't really followed it. I don't have much saying. He said, how can you not know about this, because I am working on like ten other things, you know, yeah. and there's and there's not enough um, in my three hour radio show to cover those ten other things. How can you expect someone who's not a professional to be tracking all exactly. this stuff? Yeah, no, I just exactly. wanted to validate your point with that little anecdote from this morning. I felt guilty about it a little bit, but truth is, you can't. It's it's just things have become very complicated, and I guess it's hard. It's our job to point out what's the important, what's the critical, and what's the frivolous. Well, you're very good at this, George, and I appreciate you uh, checking in with us on these things,
0: as you do. Always good to be on and unpack all this with you, Seth. All right, brother.
1: Thanks. We'll be in touch. George Kalaf, K-H-A-L-A-F, from the Resolute Group and Data Orbital, and I'll be right back. Portions of the show are brought to you by our friends at Y-Refi. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, -Y R-E-F-Y.com. Or give them a call at 888-Y-REFI-24. They have uh, an investment opportunity for you in a secure and collateralized portfolio where uh, there are absolutely no fees. And there is no attack on principle if you ever need your money back. Obviously, you get a statement monthly. No surprises in it and you can turn your income on or off or compound it whatever you like. And the best part is you can earn up to a 10 and a quarter percent fixed rate of return and it's not correlated to the stock market or the Fed. Think about that. 10.25% fixed rate of return. Again, check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest the letter y then r e f y .com. Um We went out of that last segment with a song from the Free to Be You and Me album by Marlo Thomas and Friends, um, sung by the New Seekers uh, with Marlo Thomas, 1972. And I was thinking about that in respect of my monologue earlier today where I was talking about the Marxist feminist movement that was in Kuwait at that time, circa 1972, and um, the two very different visions of what feminism was um, then. If you think about um, what Marlo Thomas and if you go back to the "Free to Be You and Me" album, it was a huge, huge album. I, I think it went platinum. It was everywhere. It was as as big as could possibly be. But at the second. You know, in the second wave of feminism, there was also this neo-Marxism stuff—the uh, personal is political kind of stuff—where they were trying to end uh, the notion that gender had any meaning whatsoever. If you go back to the "Free to Be You and Me" lyrics, you see songs on that album by Marlo Thomas and Harry Belafonte. Good, you know, solid liberals, not conservatives. Uh, Belafonte, perhaps even farther than a liberal. And go and read those lyrics. They would be stunning to you. They couldn't be played in most schools today. There's a lyric, for example, Marlo Thomas sings, Mommies can be almost anything they want to be. And Harry Belafonte comes in and says, Well, they can't be grandfathers or daddies. And then he does his stanza. And he says, Daddies can be almost anything they want to be. And Marlo Thomas breaks in and says, They can't be grandmas. Or mommies. Well, when Sarah Huckabee Sanders says we're talking about a difference not between right and left anymore, but crazy and normal, uh, that's what she's talking about. All right. Well, you reminded me of it with that song in the last segment, David. (laughs) Thank you. All right. It's not my fault. No, it's not. No, it's not your fault. A lot of things are your fault. That isn't